Welcome to episode 338 of the Doctor Day, the Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and here's my wife, Peter. Hi. Today we're going to talk about episode one of The Invisible Enemy. Alright. See if this lives up to that introduction. Hmm. We see a um, shuttlecraft flying through a, an asteroid belt. And then it's nav- trying to navigate through. And inside the ship, there are three crewmen. Meeker is the one at the controls, and he seems to be having difficulty um, uh, getting through to um, and setting their, their course and destination. And the other two are, I'm saying, oh, make kind of poking fun at him. So, and he's meeker, and then uh, seems like another one that more in charge, Saffron, comes up and takes over the controls. And so the other two are sitting, and meeker then complains about his career path and how they're pretty much a planetary filling station. And then the controls come on, and there's a, a call that unidentified organism. Um, out in space and that we see a kind of amorphous type cloud of, of um, this I can't think of what to call it um, that the, is enveloped and surrounded the shuttle and is uh, attacking the ship and then the inside the ship they don't really feel any effects, but the, on the radio to the um, to the shuttle, they there is a voice that says, "Contact has been made." In the TARDIS, Leela is moving the coat rack. Um, it's one of the Doctor's different uh, frock coats on, and wearing his brown hat. Um, as he moves stuff into the control room two from the I assume from the wood panel control room which is the one last one they were using it's been a while since we've been inside the TARDIS though for our stories and this one is uh, whiter and brighter with the um, colored tubes in the uh, center section of the console Uh, more of the control room I remember. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit different from the time before, I think, right? I think this is actually the one from the time before, but is it? I'm not sure. It seems a little bit different, but I can't it probably is. say how exactly. There's no way they could have kept it in storage and not right. have to repair it. or right. Anyway. So, um, the doctor, or the, he says something about, uh, oh, c- computers have no imagination, no, no blues, no aquamarines, and then the TARDIS stops itself, and they seem to have landed somewhere. So the doctor um, says they're somewhere in the solar, st- in the system between Saturn and Venus, I think he says, um, and the time. Uh, if 
5080, somewhere near the, the time of Leela's forefathers before they reached out and got into space travel. He makes some commentary about uh, humans and their interactions with others as they head out into space. She says, well, I thought you liked humans. Like, yes, she said, I get them in groups with others. Sometimes they're leave some to be desired, he kind of says. Um, so we see more of the, uh, the shuttle. The shuttle lands on Titan, Titan base, um, and it lands on the landing deck and then is lowered down into the surface into the, the base area. And then we see that they hear over the loudspeaker the docking is commencing and our three officers are in their full space suit going through the hallways looking around um, on the base and we hear laughter and people talking and <clears throat> they're saying oh we're, we're in the mess come on in to the the three the shuttle relief crew is what they're calling them so they they walk into the mess room and there are three officers in there uh, talking amongst themselves and the three in their spacesuits unholster their weapons and shoot the other three dead. They talk amongst themselves, the three, and they say that the supervisor, uh, uh, Mr. Lowe, was not present in the room, was still on the base, and they need to find him and kill him. We see the supervisor Lowe in his, at his desk in his office, and he's radioing into the, um, to his crew and to the shuttle relief team, and nobody's answering him, and no one's answering, so he's using his cameras to look over the different areas, finds the mess hall, and sees the the three dead men um, and then he starts to um, activate a mayday signal um, Saffron one of the three survey relief crew um, says to comes on the screen and um, talks to Lo and evident that Saffron has been taken over by something. He says, he low addresses him as Saffron. He says, Saffron? What is Saffron? Um, so the, the three have located him and the, the shuttle team are outside of his office and then they make their way inside but Low has escaped. Three survey, um, sorry, shuttle team, shuttle relief team members have their appearance has changed a bit because they're around their eyebrows and eyes. There's kind of like a webby kind of substance. Kind of looks like just white hair, but it looks softer than that, like. Uh, sprouting something starting to cover their their face 
Meanwhile, the TARDIS, Leela is writing her name on a chalkboard, learning learning her joined up writing. <laughs> um, when the doctor receives a distress call um, from Titan and he resets the coordinates. Leela says she has a bad feeling. And then as they're en route, there's a call that comes over and says that the May Day was canceled. And Leela warns the doctor that she feels that that voice was not um, not from a human. Outside in space, we see the same gossamer type cloud of uh, organism around the TARDIS, and then the doctor is trying to is examining his controls, and there's a little bit of a puff of something as he's throwing a switch and. Leela notices that there is a glow around the doctor. And then as he is checking out some of his settings and coaxing the TARDIS to, to do what he wishes, he comes close to the control panel and a zapping happens and takes his eyes. And he, um, we hear it voice say contact has been made again um, and the doctor collapses. The three um, Meeker, Sylvie and Safran uh, are at a control panel and they hear the contact has been made and then they continues to say the nucleus has found a host and to prepare for its breeding um, as they this ha as this is said, the, we hear the TARDIS materialize in the background. At the control panel, uh, Lila is zapped by the, this um, infection, but there's no effect. Um, she then tries to awaken the doctor. The doctor awakens and tries to come around, um, is talking nonsense, um, calling her Lally. Um, and she tells him her name still, of course I know your name. And, uh, he says, there's like a voice or something in my head. And Lila warn, warns that it's evil. So, uh, Supervisor Lowe is, uh, put himself in his space suit and is arming himself in the supply room. Leela warns the doctor that they shouldn't exit the TARDIS if we, you know, we don't want to leave and go out there. And she's holding down the controls um, and doesn't want the doctor to exit. Um, he doesn't believe in her intuition and um, she doesn't want to relent. Uh, meanwhile, the, the three have uh, assembled outside of the TARDIS and then Lowe comes upon them and shoots at them they shoot back and they give chase and they capture him in a a little uh, chamber and turn off his oxygen they um, so since they left the TARDIS um, maybe she doesn't feel quite so much evil anymore so the doctor and Leela um, exit the TARDIS and start looking around. As they look around, they turn and see the, the body 
of one of the one of the men on the floor that uh, Lowe had shot at. Um, the doctor um, scoffs at cancel the mayday. Really? There's a dead body. Um, Lula, as she can smell the danger. Um, the doctor says, well, we better find it before it finds us. But stay here. She says, I'm not a coward. Um, and the doctor had walked away and she heads off and then he walks backwards to say something to her and realizes that she's gone. So now they've gotten separated. The doctor heads off and um, finds uh, three of the men at the control panel and tries to enter two of them, tries to introduce himself um, to the two remaining infected. Um, they say they are preparing the hives for him. And the doctor argues with them and about the the dress, dress, the distress call, um, and you know they, there's someone they found someone dead, and yet we canceled distress call. Why? And they um, they zap him again, and the doctor is now more actively infected, like they are. And they say that they they must kill the reject, the reject being Leela because she was not not fit for this nucleus for this infection, um, and they need to begin breeding from the nucleus. Leela is looking around, sees the chamber door, opens it, and Lo falls out. Um, maybe they turned up his oxygen because he was like frozen, almost. Um, and uh, so she helps him out and give, finds him a blanket and gets him something to drink. The, um, the, uh, the two give the doctor a weapon and says that, um, but that he must not be harmed though. And, um, they send them, him off to find the reject. Lowe tells Leela about the relief crew and uh, how they tried to kill him and how they all have, have seemed to have changed somehow. Meanwhile, outside, the, the doctor is calling for Leela and Lowe warns that maybe it's a trap. So he has her hide behind the door and lets in one of the crew, and it's Neeker. And Meeker comes in, Lowe has a weapon trained on him, and they shoot back and forth. Leela throws her knife and kills Meeker. And Lowe runs to him as he's fallen over his chair. And before he dies, he, Lowe asks, what was this purpose that you said the base was suitable for your purpose? And Meeker does not answer him, but he little electric infection happens and zaps low and now he is infected. Leela runs out the door. Low runs past her at one point with a gun says, oh, I know this area, let me go. We see another gun being trained on Leela um, as she's standing there coming up from behind her. But the, the hand is kind of hairy and 
with the white overgrowth and we see that that belongs to the doctor and is training a weapon on Riva in the end. Interesting right off the bat is a uh, you know infection and death, murder. And what more could you ask? Yeah, yeah. For the first episode, a lot, uh, a lot happens, including the doctor being infected. So, hmm. Yeah, I always think he's playing dumb when uh, when they hypnotize him, infect him, whatever you want to call uh-huh. it. I always think he's playing along. I say always. Yeah. It's not like I've seen this a lot of times. Yeah. Because um, he fights against it. You know, you can tell he's fighting against this virus when he just when he comes around from being unconscious. Well, you and almost never see him at a disadvantage either. No. no. Hardly anyone ever gets the actual upper hand. They may mm-hmm. look like it, but he's usually a step or two ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not this. Well, at least not so far as we can tell this time. Right. It is harder to see that he that that might be the case in this one. Um, yeah. Whenever they try to hypnotize him, he's usually you know pretty good at acting the part that. So they believe that he is, but right. we know that he has a superior time lord intellect, and he is not so weak willed that. He would be able to be hypnotized and all, you know. At least not usually. Not usually, because he's the one doing the hypnotizing usually. Not usually the subject, so. I think it's interesting just how quickly everything happens, you know, which is just fine, because I think we know all that we need to know so far about the the shuttle that's mm-hmm. traveling back to um, this fueling station on Titan base and they get infected by this un, uh, unidentified organism in space that seems to have this electronic uh, means of spreading like a computer virus computer virus <laughs> um, and then there's this creepy contact has been made voice uh, voiceover that we hear and we hear it a couple times when the zapping has, has happened and been effective um, or accepted I guess since Lila was rejected mm. um Interesting. Um, I think the, the the model sets looked good, pretty much. The little space uh, surface of the planet, and then this base that lowers into the ground, and even the falling or the the asteroid field as they're moving past mm. the ship. You know, it's, they may have just dropped them in slow motion, but it wasn't bad. I actually think they were suspended. It could have been a drop. Yeah. Um, well, yes, it's been filmed from underneath, I would imagine. But 
The one part that was bad was actually the very, very start when the shuttle is moving through the field of asteroids. And it jiggles on its wires. Because it jiggles on its wires. Yes. Not as bad as we've seen before. The jiggling was, you know, kept to a a little bit of a minimum. But it was enough that you, you could see. It wasn't a really big wobble. But enough of a wobble. Um, so that was unfortunate. But the rest of the model work wasn't too bad. And I think that the, they had a good design, good generic, bright, clean, um, utilitarian space design for the panels and their spacesuits and their, the sets of the base, you know what you would expect to see, colored buttons and switches and um, panels on the wall, like a map showing the layout of the base and something like that in a stylized way. That map looked really familiar, like we've seen it in one of the other episodes. It is, like one of the puzzle-type boxes from... Face of evil when they get to the. Maybe. I don't remember. It's not important anyway. Maybe they used one and revamped it or something. A couple funny little things. Uh, even though the doctor seems, you know, has been infected, he's still, still himself at this point, and till at least till closer to the end here and as they as they um, as they leave the TARDIS the doctor has a duck whistle hmm. that he uses okay to attract <laughs> I think maybe it goes out to attract attention but it was kind of funny and then he was the before Leela and he separate he tells her to stay behind and then she walks out of shot and then he, she says, well, I'm no coward. I will don't want to stay here. And so she walks out of shot and then a different direction. And he walks backwards back into shot to tell her something because he thinks she's still behind him. Yeah. And then realizes she's not there. It's kind of a, a funny moment, I thought. Yeah, but one of the few in the episode. Yeah. And then when he tries to introduce himself to the, the two that are just going on about, oh, we prepared this and that for you. And he's like, um, hello, can I introduce myself? Or allow me to introduce myself. I'm called the doctor. And they're just kind of going on. So not, not an extreme amount of humor. Mm-mm. And I'm not sure how much we might get <laughs> now that we have ended the way we have so far. Particularly, I was, like I said, I was struck again by the relative lack of humor. Yeah. You can really tell that Leela doesn't have the context in now. There were a couple of scenes where her blue eyes just really stood out. Um, 
kind of funny how the doctor's still trying to civilize her, uh-huh. teaching her cursive writing. And yes, I read her name. Basically trying to curb her otherwise murderous impulses. And superstitious impulses. Mm. Yes. But she still has his feelings, her warrior instinct or her intuition that he puts very little stock in. However, he did defend them in towns of Lang Chang. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to wean her away from it, but I think he still he sees that there there might be something there, but we don't we can't tell that from here so much as when when he's alone and with her, he's more. No, we need to, you know, think science, not magic. It's funny she wears this hat in a lot of the time in the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a means of showing her comfort level, I think. Maybe. She feels it's more, feels more at home there, I guess. Maybe. So. Or it's representative of. I don't want to say ownership, but um, like the human and a dog, <laughs> she's part of his pack. Yeah. A joining of the pack, yeah. joining of the whatever you want to call it. Their family unit is really what it comes down camaraderie. to. Camaraderie. Yeah. The com- it's a companionship. Mm-hmm. By, by that warming up to to being there being part of it so. yeah and I don't know that's what it is but that's what strikes me as yeah that's how it appears and that's how it feels she's you know sitting on the floor writing on the chalkboard to write her name and Like I said, I was sure that, I'm not sure, I always have gotten or believed that the doctor would be uh, trying to pull a fast one, I guess. Playing along. Playing along. Step ahead, two steps ahead. Yeah. I'm not sure whether he is this time or not. Right. So that adds a little bit of tension for me. Yeah. I think the thing that, kind of shows that he couldn't really be just playing along, is that how did he grow the hair on his hands? Yeah, that's that's really the... Almost like a hoarfrost. page turner in a way. Yeah. Kind of like a hoarfrost that kind of starts to grow on them. Yep. Um, and how could he fake that? How would he, if he, unless he knew what the infection was, but still, he would have to have been able to synthesize it to infect right. himself, you know, to to play along in this way when there's this physical manifestation of the infection. Mm-hmm. How do you fake that? 
there's other things you could fake a sickness, you know, fake a fever or, um, or a hypnotic state, like, or something like that, which we'd seen him done, seen him do before. Um, but how does he fake this physical symptom? So, so that's uh, if many viewers were at that point, like you, thinking that he was playing along. Uh, in his monotone voice when they, they tell him he needs to find the, the reject and kill the reject. Um, to think that he's pretending at that point, we can't be so sure of it now. So I think that it, that in itself was an interesting way to end. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Since everybody died in the last episode, maybe he will shoot his assistant, his companion. Yeah, really. <laughs> we don't know. Um, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. That he's going to. Yeah. He's sure not acting like the doctor we think we know. No. no. An interesting thing is that, and now as far as we know, Leela's the only uninfected person that we've seen. Yeah, you're right. Hadn't thought of that. So that's a a twist right there that she's the only one so far, the only one able to help this situation. Mm -hmm. And she's under threat um, by none other than the doctor. So I think it's really a, a, a very good ending and we haven't had a very good ending for a while. In the last yes. couple stories. Yeah, I would agree. So I think it Which is funny because isn't this one a uh, Robert Holmes also? I uh, said so, uh, Bob Baker and. Oh, that's right. Bob something Baker. Martin. I forget the first name. Baker uh, and Martin. Yeah. Hmm. But a much more creative story you don't really have much empathy for the three which now they're they're two and lastly now they're one um, just saffron uh, because we don't really get to know them very much before they get infected and they start killing the other members of the base um, but low, we get to, to have some scenes with him, with him, and un, uh, see that he's the supervisor has been left, and he sees this murders happen, and um, trying to save his base, and then try. Leela helps him, and he's trying to help her, and then uh, ends up getting infected. So you feel bad that that he ended up in that position so far. might have been turned to the others we don't really know anything about or right. and don't know enough to, to care that much about them like I said and now they're down to just saffron I believe was the last one of them who hasn't gotten shot by low actually low was the one that got frozen yeah yes Michael Sheard who? Uh, Professor Scarman's brother. 
Mar uh, not Marcus. Marcus was professor. Lawrence. Lawrence, thank you. Yes. The one who refused to believe his brother was dead, and it ended up costing yeah. him. Yeah. He's been in, in Doctor Who many times, actually. But that's the role I will remember him. I didn't recognize the other ones that they mentioned. But I did. But though, yeah. I've seen that one. Another very good one. So. Yeah, he was in Revenge of the Cybermen. And then he'll also appear in a later, a fifth Doctor one, Snake Dance. Who was he in Cybermen? Who was he? Uh -huh. um, Shepra? I don't specifically... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in reading the wrong one. That was actually someone else. Oh. Sorry. be in Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to be... That's okay. ...leaving so much dead air here. Oh, okay. It's just taking a while to come up. Oh, that's, a, that's okay. Happens. Don't be afraid of it. Um, He'll be in Castrovalva. So a lot more. He's in in this one, obviously, but then uh, he was also in um, Pyramids of Mars and The Mind of Evil, and a fairly early one, which is The Ark. Oh, right, that's the other one that I saw that I knew he was doing. So I think it's uh, uh, quite action-packed for a first episode, mm -hmm. and uh, very interested to see what happens next in this creative situation we find ourselves yeah. in at the end. Very good. Yeah, so we'll have to see how the Doctor gets out of it, and Leela. Yeah. When we watch part two of... The Invisible Enemy. By the way, the other writer is Dave Martin. Dave Martin, okay. Forgot to mention that. Since I could remember that, Dave. You would think. So, uh. join us tomorrow, and thank you for listening.